Support for Pivot comes from Vanta. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Now, you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, and that platform is Vanta. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, you can save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. To learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews, watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash pivot. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash pivot to watch Vanta's on-demand demo. Support for Pivot comes from Pendo. Pendo improves the apps your customers and employees rely on. Whether you're building applications for customers or managing applications for employees, Pendo can help deliver better experiences for your users so they can get more value from your software. Visit pendo.io slash pivot to learn more about how your team can use Pendo to start building better digital experiences. There you can also check out Pendo's lineup of free certification courses, 12 hours of in-depth training for your product management teams on topics from AI to product analytics to product-led growth. That's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. So, Scott, 2022 can't end without a little accountability. On every episode or so, we make predictions about business, mostly you, tech, politics, you name it. Today, we're going to look back and see what we got right and what we could have gotten right if it hadn't been for Elon Musk. We'll also hear from some friends of Pivot with their own predictions for the new year, and we'll make some of our own. So let's look into the crystal ball once again. Another year together, Scott Galloway, you and I. All right. To start things off, here's a prediction you made in November of last year. 2022 is going to be the the year of staggering M&A, all in the pursuit of a super app. I think that these companies, social media platforms, can kind of manipulate their earnings by either not cleaning up fake accounts or cleaning them up. I think Jack Dorsey is going to see God over the next two months, clean up a ton of accounts, show shitty earnings and growth, puke on himself. The stock will go down to 40, and then Square is going to acquire Twitter and try and become a 10 cent. All right. Lots hmm. going on Lot here, there. Scott. Someone <laughs> someone did acquire Twitter. It was not who you said. Mm-hmm. And Square was what you thought it was going to happen with Jack being involved in, obviously, because he's the creator of Square. Um, someone Elon did acquire, tried to make it into a super app. So that's kind of right. Bots were a big part of the drama. How close would you say you were on this? Well, I like to think I just predicted that Twitter would be acquired. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> But come on, it was an independent, hold on, it was an independent company since 2006. We predicted the year got acquired. Um, Yeah, yep, yep. I think we got sort of a semi-win there. Semi, Kissing your cousin, I don't know. Yes, okay. (laughs) My God, why would you say kissing your cousin? Why would you bring that into this? (laughs) Anyway, um, the stock will go down to 40 uh, in squares. The stock did not go down, it sold for 54.20. Um, and yeah. it's largely because someone made a non-economic decision to uh, buy it. But this idea of super app, do you think uh, Elon will uh, be able to pull that off? It's only it's his only way out. I mean, he's yeah. he's already he's literally like shit the bed, and I'm talking like Falcon Model X shitting here. I mean, it's just yeah. the revenues are gone. They're not coming back from advertising, uh, and so he's got to he's got to do serious jazz hands here, and it's going to be mm-hmm. payments. 
payments. Okay. And he has a background right. in payments. He knows how to yeah, do it. that's true. Yeah, all right. Some of the biggest acquisitions in 2020 weren't in social media. They were in gaming, actually. In January, Zynga announced that it would acquire Take-Two for more than $12 billion in one of the biggest deals in video game history. But the record stood for less than two weeks when Microsoft came with a deal of its own for post-acquisition of Activision Blizzard for nearly $70 billion. Sony got in early on the action, snatching up the developer of Destiny for nearly $4 billion. There's a question of whether the Microsoft Activision deal will go through. I know they're in D.C. recently to... They're they're worried about that. Um, so where is the M and A action? Very briefly, your prediction. Where is it going to be uh, for twenty twenty three? Yeah, you talked about Pinterest before. Uh, I think was I, I think there's got to be a lot because everything's gotten cheaper. I think Disney will make some acquisitions, and I think that uh, Snap, uh, Snap, and Pinterest are hard to tell because they're dual class shareholder companies, so they don't. Right. But, uh, I think the place you're going to see a lot of acquisitions or consolidation is in any ad supported media. They're just okay. they're subscale. They've run out of they've run out of time. They don't make any sense economically. In one way, you either cut costs or you consolidate. And we're going to see both of them. Okay, so that's the area you're looking at. That's the area you're looking at. Ad supported cloud, not- any ad supported media from Viacom, from CBS, pairing with Paramount. You know, yeah. I mean, you just all of these guys. They're all like, Comcast has got to do something big here. Disney's yeah. got to do something. All of them are looking at each other and saying, hey, I know I told you I didn't like you, but now maybe we should yeah. go to the prom together. It's just, yeah. uh, this is a dramatic cut in valuations, uh, a, a recessionary ad environment, and new apex predators called Apple, Amazon Prime, and Netflix all calling on Unilever and P&G and the other biggest advertisers is going to turn, it's going to create a lot of strange bedfellows. Yeah, it's interesting. If the Microsoft Activision deal doesn't go through, I wonder what Microsoft will be looking upon. It's interesting. We'll see. They'll do something. They're in a strong position. Okay, Scott, let's hear a prediction from Friend of Pivot. This one comes from The Verge's Alex Heath, who's done a great job this year, by the way. Alex, good job. Let's listen. Hey, Karen, Scott. Alex Heath, Deputy Editor at The Verge here. My prediction is that in 2023, the Apple versus Meta narrative will ramp up significantly with the launch of Apple's long-rumored pricey mixed reality headset, followed by the next version of Meta's Consumer Quest headset later in the year. These two companies have been duking it out on mobile for years, where Apple is dominant. Now Apple is coming for the headset market, which Meta currently dominates and Mark Zuckerberg is staking the company's future on. I expect Apple to lean heavily on its pro-privacy marketing and leverage its expertise in hardware to really make a splash here. These headsets are precursors to the real holy grail device that both Tim Cook and Zuckerberg are obsessed with, AR glasses. I think this is going to be one of the most fascinating big tech rivalries to watch over the next several years. Thanks. That's a very smart hmm. discussion from Alex. Meta has invested $100 billion in R&D for the metaverse, uh, including $15 billion in the last year. A lot of money. Apple is very good at devices. The rumored AR VR headset is expected to release in 2023 um, after production issue delays. It's going to cost, I don't know, it was $3,000? I forget. Uh-huh. It's some high figure. I'm still not into these mixed reality headsets yet, but maybe I'm not being visionary enough. What do you think, Scott? I think it'll be the Hermes Apple Watch. I think it'll get a ton of media coverage. They'll, mm-hmm. you know, point to things that are successful at this price point. And I think it'll just fade into oblivion. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, I think people won't put anything on their face that doesn't make them more attractive to strangers. But they and put AirPods in. Remember, they thought you looked they make ugly you more with attractive. those. Mm, but at first, you remember, you looked weird. Do you remember how they talked about these little weird little white things hanging out of you? Anyway. I don't know. Um, AirPods are the most successful piece of jewelry in history. And Mm -hmm. they're just such an elegant, simple product. I've never thought 
um, wearables outside of AirPods and your, I think your phone's the, your iPhone's the ultimate wearable. I don't think, I think the fever dreams that all of these folks have, including Tim Cook around, yeah. I think it, it's very instinctual. And that is the majority of animals that could, you could eat or could eat you don't come straight at you. They come at you from your side and your peripheral vision when it's blocked is very uncomfortable. And so I've just never bought that people want to put anything that that creates a sense of a loss of peripheral vision or makes you less attractive. It's very hard for, to put a computer on your face without it looking weird. And at this price point, it'll be a niche product. It'll get a massive amount of PR, and then slowly but surely, it will fade into oblivion. And we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on this. I for some reason I just don't. I've never now the, the thing is if you've never considered if you've never seen the one that works right that's the thing right. the one that yeah, works is going to be yeah. th- that that's the thing and I do say I, I literally I just found my Google uh, Glass uh, device but I put it on and I kind of still like it I'm like this is kind of the right idea if it was glasses that gate gate talk to me and again I love my AirPod Maxes and if they were smaller and spoke to me and gave me a little more information than an AirPod could, I could see it, like AR glasses. If they were um, to my um, specifications for my eyesight, I might like them. If it was saying turn left here, it was talking to me, I could see it. It's just so far everything I've seen, very heavy on the on the sides because they have the batteries, very s- small amount of features, um, and still not quite what I want in them. I want them to be AirPods. Mm-hmm. I want them to be maybe a little heavier than AirPods with a little more feature set and maybe a camera. I, I, this is a long time thing. I'm not so sure about this one, Alex. We're not so sure about this one, Alex. Anyway, Scott, were you surprised that we didn't talk about the metaverse a lot in 2022? We really, we kind of shit all over it, really. Uh, I think, I mean, if I had tried to figure out a way to kneecap meta, which is a net negative for society, I couldn't have come up with a strategy as brilliant as this. Okay. And All right. Well, well, here's a prediction you made early in the year in February. We're about to see a tripling in uh, a real estate in a specific region. Any guess? In twenty in twenty twenty two, we're going to see a three to five x increase in the value of real estate in this neighborhood. All right. Any ideas? No. What? Well, Tell me. Guess. You want to no, guess? I don't want to guess. I don't guess. Uh, I'm not a guesser. In the metaverse, specifically, like sandbox. Oh yeah. Okay, that one was wrong. Uh, although they spent money, um, but the real estate value did not go up. It was not did not catch on with the people. Very similar to how I feel about glasses. Um, you had a chance being right in 2022. VCs and private equity more than double their investments in the metaverse compared to 2021. That's according to McKinsey. But in the metaverse's four most popular worlds, real estate values fell by as much as 80%. Uh, thoughts? Spending on it. Oh, I got, I, I got this hugely wrong. I also, one of my other predictions that I made in my prediction stack last year that I got wrong was that open seas valuation would double. I, oh, I yeah. bought into the notion. <laughs> I see my kids spending money on digital assets, whether it's skins mm-hmm. or new weapons on Fortnite or the games they play. And I thought that given the, the speculative nature that uh, young people had embraced of assets and Web3, that the next thing would be online real estate. And I also, I also thought NFTs were going to take off. So I got, I not only got it wrong on real estate, I got it wrong on NFTs. NFT volume right. is down 97%. So this was, this was wrong all in caps. All right. Okay. Any, any guesses where want to make another stab at it? It's not. I mean, it feels like anything web three. It, it doesn't feel like this is coming back. I think the video game, 
the video game folks are going to figure out ways to continue to extract more revenue from people with assets that kind of integrate mm -hmm. into their game playing. Okay. But it looks as if digital real estate and I don't want, I still think NFTs are going to have value. I still think yeah. people are going to want to have a Chanel logo stick or something. Stick to them, Scott. Don't brag. No. I, I, there is some assets here that will work, others that won't. I just don't think people are rushing to think about them. I just, they're, they're busy sorting out what they have right now. All right, Scott, let's hear from another friend of Pivot. Here's Congressman Ro Khanna. Hi, Karen, Scott. This is Ro Khanna. Thanks for having me on the show. In terms of tech legislation, we've got to get the privacy bill passed. It's passed committee. It's time we get this done. I'm really hopeful because I don't want to come on the show again and have Kara ask me, why have we done nothing about this for year after year after year? I also think we've got to do antitrust. I'm not sure I'll vote for it, the antitrust legislation. Candidly, I'm not sure if that's going to come up in the lame duck. That's probably a project for the next Congress. And finally, we've got to make sure that the internet stays free of censorship, wide open, robust debate, and let's see if we can find bipartisan consensus to do that. Again, I think that's a project for the next Congress. Thanks a lot. He's scared of me. He's scared of me. Yes. Why don't you have privacy legislation, Roe, and all of you, every one of you? I just can't understand this. I don't understand why this seems to be the lowest stakes thing that Congress can do is protect consumer privacy. Um, and I, I just, I never understand why they can't do a good bill. Um, there's been so many across the world and across this country. There's lots of people have trod here that could come up with the best practices of all of them and come up with something that'll work for the industry and also consumers, mostly consumers, in my opinion. Antitrust, I don't think they're ever going to reform antitrust. I don't know where they have the, and, and censorship, they're never going to agree on this. You, as long as you have Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton around and, and uh, and others, um, it's just not going to happen. Anyway, what do you think? I think it speaks to a bigger issue, and that is when the world and technology move as fast as they move and externalities can prop up as quickly as they can prop up. You know, we weren't expecting our new heroes, you know, mm -hmm. Meta and Google to be a huge cause of teen depression. It, it just mm -hmm. these things pop up so fast that our government can't respond quickly enough, and specifically our government. Our government's kind of feature was checks and balances, power to the people, mm -hmm. the people have spoken, three houses of government, president, Congress, Senate, and versus a parliamentary system in Canada, Australia, and the UK, where they elect a government, and the government, you know, the the head of that, the government then picks a head, and that person can get shit done because they're, they kind of control government. Or it's as if if the president won, it meant overnight that Congress and Senate had more Republicans or Democrats based on the party of the president. Mm -hmm. And I think it's turned into a bug for us. And that is, mm -hmm. I'll use my senator, Senator Gillibrand, takes some money from Sam Bankman-Fried. And the tough thing is that they don't have to do anything. All they have to do is nothing and legislate. Mm -hmm. They just have to show up to meetings and say, I have some concerns and just keep mm -hmm. asking questions yeah. and slow ball the shit out of Senator Klobuchar's legislation and just kill it because mm -hmm. they have taken money from big tech, whose fastest growing expense line is not AI, it's not SGNA, lobbying. it's lobbying. Yeah. So our system has become, it, the intransigence yeah. or slowballing used to be a feature, it's become a bug. Yep, I think you're right. Ro, you better pass privacy legislation. Honestly, I, really, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Anyway, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from some more friends of Pivot and evaluate our predictions about Twitter. 
Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Scott, we're back. Here's a rare one, a prediction from me. I usually don't go in for this sort of thing. Let's see how I did. So the SEC is investigating this back deal between Trump and Digital World Acquisition Corp to see if the two negotiated before DUAC went public. Oh, God, she's so wrong. I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think. No. It's like a, like this, the no. Musk thing. Slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist kind yeah. of thing. I made a prediction in June of this year. In August, a whistleblower told the SEC of potential violations at DWAC. So far, the SEC hasn't taken any action against the SPAC, but has requested more information from the company. DWAC shareholders accused the SEC of delaying the merger. I think it hardly matters anymore, but the SPAC certainly has other problems. It spent much of the fall trying to convince shareholders to approve an extension so the SPAC could close its deal with Trump's media company. It finally received shareholder approval in November, close to the deadline uh, when it would have had to dissolve. And of course, Trump himself is still under investigation after the Mar-a-Lago raid. He's been allowed, uh, he's also been allowed back on Twitter. I, I just don't think this deal gets done. I don't, I, it's, it, it's financially, it's really a mess there apparently. But tw- Trump is using it quite actively and not going back to Twitter. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I just don't think anything terrible is going to happen to this group of people who are, seem seem a little bit sketchy. I think the regulars have, yeah. as it relates to Trump, have bigger fish to fry. The, the mm-hmm. SPAC is kind of taking care of itself. Yeah. And that is who would have thought a tech media company run by Devin Nunes um, is not working out. It's It's gone. I mean, it's still got about a billion dollar market cap. It hit a high. It kind of, I think it touched almost 100. I think it's now at about 21. I think this is a company, a stock going to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So I, I think they're. I think the attitude is we'll just let it play out. They're gonna, yep. you know, it, yeah, they're, they're getting what they're, right they should get. Like, nothing's happening. <laughs> nothing's yeah. happened. Nothing's happening both as a business and as an investigation. But we'll see. It's you know, just put it on the p- top of the fire, the firing pile of crap that Trump has to deal and with. By the way, Rumble, Getter, and Parler are out of business. They just don't know yeah. it yet until they yeah, find the yeah. next like mentally ill person yeah. who, who says they're going to buy yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see where these go. They're very hard to do. Scott, social media sites are hard to do. They are. Okay, Scott, here's one I know you'll like. It's another friend of Pivot. Let's listen. 
Hey, Karen, Scott, it's me, Molly Wood, climate tech investor and tech commentator and reluctant crypto expert here to talk about what's going to happen in crypto in 2023. First of all, I think we'll start to see a lot more differentiation between Bitcoin, a still fairly decentralized investment vehicle and store of value, and crypto, the highly financialized Web3 industry that got co-opted by venture capital and startups and exchanges and NFTs and ways to make a quick buck that has obviously blown up spectacularly. It'll take a long time before that industry recovers and has goodwill and trust, but I predict that Bitcoin will be just fine. It has way too much value to go anywhere. Now, what I'm hearing in the crypto space is that it is rudderless and leaderless, and most people expect that its very near future will actually be defined by Elon Musk and whatever he does in terms of creating payments on Twitter using Dogecoin. Because if that happens and succeeds, it will demonstrate real utility using a coin that's closely related to Bitcoin. So I'm not saying I like this prediction, but Elon is like gravity in the tech world right now. Everything gets sucked into his orbit. So I have to assume my sources are most likely correct. Oh, good God. Well, it's it's actually makes sense. You know, if they if they manage if they manage to create payments on Twitter, like you just, you know, we've talked about, uh, sure. And using Dogecoin, sure. If they manage to sell something that has utility on it or you use it for payments, sure. I don't know if I would trust Twitter. I, I, I wouldn't have trust the old Twitter, and I certainly don't trust the new Twitter. So I'm not sure I would use it. I use Apple Pay. I use all kinds of different things. I might trust it if Apple used it. I might trust it if Amazon used it. I, I think I think she's right overall about Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin will be differentiated. So my most liked tweet of 2022 was, mm -hmm. I said, I am doubling down on the most innovative payment technology uh, in history, USD. Mm. And you know, the crypto Taliban came from me. I, I don't I don't think Bitcoin's ring fenced here. I think Bitcoin has more um I don't know, the wrong term is utility. It's established itself as a store a viable store of value because people believe that they will stop mining it at twenty one million coins. There's real issues around for p citizens of countries that have unstable currencies that want to get uh, their assets or their net worth into something. Um, more sustainable, and they have uh, currency control, so they can trans transit um, or or can transfer it to dollars, remittance payments. There's there's utility and store of value there, but to think that uh, I think Bitcoin's going below ten thousand dollars, maybe even south of that, and the kind of what I'll call the crypto bulls have this have mm -hmm. Molly's narrative, and that is, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this is. This is like 2000, and the, the bad stuff's going away, but the good stuff's going to come back even stronger. Did you see Kathy Wood has re- Yeah, the million-dollar Articulated <laughs> her million-dollar yeah. price call she for has. Bitcoin in 2030 because the hash rate has gotten better. I mean, it's just, you listen to her, and I'm like, you're allowed to say whatever predictions you want to make, but yeah. when you're taking in billions of dollars of retail investor money, I just find that near reckless yeah. to say yeah. something's going to go up yeah. 60x I think, without... I think Bill Cohen was like that nutcase. I think he's calling her a nutcase. I mean, I would just, agree. It's yeah. just like, okay, pass, you know, pass the ayahuasca around. Yeah, all, all the people who already have investments in crypto and Web3 are now retreating yeah. to, oh, but these are the good things. But big, well, they're going to do that. That's normal. I think that's normal. I do think that if some one of the bigger ones that you trust, the Amazons, the the Apples, do things around that, uh, I, I don't. I literally would not do any transactions on Twitter ever. Not the believe me, it's not Elon in this case. 
I wouldn't have trusted them before. I thought they were very uh, porous as a, as a company security-wise, and I wouldn't want any of my financials on that particular thing before, and definitely not now. So, Well, well Bitcoin has already differentiated itself because it hasn't gone to zero, like almost yeah. everything else. So, yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I've never... I have never understood. I'm a no coiner. I don't own a single mm -hmm. coin. I've never understood yeah. the notion of a store of no value. Coiner. I, I I find this bullshit argument that it's supporting the incremental energy use. I, I think anything mm -hmm. that takes up the energy consumption of Argentina is a problem for a kind of invented mechanism that we should be able to do something different. Yeah. And I don't trust something where they can't even, it's a mystery who the founder is. I just, yeah. the whole thing. Bitcoin goes, and again, it was at a couple hundred dollars not that long ago. If it goes below a thousand dollars, we're all going to say, "Well, of right. course it did." Yeah. And so I don't, um, I don't, I will see. My prediction is that Bitcoin falls under this. Everyone's getting their turn at the woodshed here in the Web three right. levered Ponzi scheme that is Web three. All right. Okay, good. All right. Let's get the next one. It's finally time. We talked about Twitter a lot this year. There were times when we, you thought the deal was done and times we thought Elon was done. Um, let's rewind back to December of 2021. Here's what you said. Within 90 days, there's going to be an offer for Twitter. Okay. Scott, you said three months. It's actually four. Musk made his offer in April, and that's pretty close. So good for you. Here's another Twitter prediction. This one's from June after Musk paused the deal before they sued each other. Twitter right now is at about 40 bucks a share, yeah. which is way off the supposed closing price of 5420. Mm -hmm. It's going to be in the 20s in the next, I don't know, 30 to 60 days as it becomes two things become increasingly clear. The person who agreed to buy it is not going to buy it, and it's mm -hmm. very difficult to get someone to show up with 45 billion dollars. Mm, that one was off. Twitter stock never dropped below 32. And of course, he bought it. And here's a prediction from both of us. This came in October after Musk finally said he'd buy the company and his team worked to hammer out the deal. You and I weighed in on what his opening moves could be. Let's listen. The Twitter transaction is going to close and it's almost immediately. It will probably not be the worst acquisition in history. AOL's acquisition of Time Warner is probably the worst. Within 60 seconds of closing, the world is going to realize that this is the second worst acquisition in history. Which means Elon will do something loud. I don't know, something. He'll like marry Kim Kardashian. I don't know. Something like, oh, yeah, because then Kanye would be mad. Oh, God. He'll try to do a lot of hand waving. He's going to have to wave those hands. Oh, there's going to be, be like a lot of jazz hands coming out of this closing. Well, he didn't marry Kardashian, but you know, a lot of jazz hands. Uh, and he did let Kanye West on and then kicked him off. Uh, I think I was pretty good on this one so far. I did think the deal was going to close. I think he was going to be forced to. I think he got himself, he overpaid. Uh, I thought, I didn't think he'd lose his mind quite the the way uh, he did. Um, I'm surprised. I thought he was an opportunity to be quiet and do something significant to a company that needed it. Uh, he chose another path from the get-go. Where is it going? How do we think we did? Well, initially, I thought that this makes no sense and he's going to worm out of it. He's doing it for attention. And then I read the lawsuit mm -hmm. and saw what their counsel was claiming uh, and that this deal he signed was hermetically sealed. Yeah. And when, you know, the data changes, I changed my mind. And I'm like, he's, mm -hmm. when we said this, he's fucked. He's got to close. Yeah, um, we did uh, say that. But, we were very consistent on that. But if he'd been able to get out of this deal and he'd just, say, had done, you know, subject to due diligence and all that sort of stuff, which you often see in these types of yeah. agreements, a non-binding letter of intent, he would mm -hmm. have backed out and the thing the thing wouldn't be a 22 bucks, it'd be a 10 right now. Yeah. Um, so, but- um, It probably I mean, is a 10 right now. We just, it's just a private if company. If that. 
Yeah. Um, but to you know, to give ourselves some credit here, as soon as we saw the agreements, um, you know, when you had all we these car carnival barkers when saying on you know his sycophant saying, "Oh, Twitter's toast," and they didn't know he didn't know about the bots. As soon as I read the legal complaint from Twitter, yeah. I'm like, it closes. He has to close. Mm -hmm. And when you looked at the the semantics or how it was going to play out in the Delaware Chancery Court and how the Delaware Chancery Court affects or cures um, decisions, it's like we said. But when everyone else, when the loudest people were saying, no, it's mm -hmm. not going to close. He doesn't mm -hmm. have to close. It's termites in the house and he didn't disclose it. We're like, no, this he's he's locked and yeah. loaded. Yeah. So do you expect him to be this this um, the way he's behaving? I did not, obviously. Um, but I certainly the minute he did, I said something rather strong about it. But I did not think he would he, he this much of a troll. As, as much as this has been just, like I've said, this isn't the unwinding of a company or the undoing of a company, mm -hmm. it's the undoing of a person. I think he's become Charles Lindbergh. I think he's gone from Edison to Lindbergh in about six months. What was interesting for me through this process is I genuinely feel like you've lost a friend. I feel and like me? this took, yeah, I feel like <laughs> no, it took a toll on you. Uh, I, 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 you know, you try to have hopes for some people. I guess that's what it is. He's not a friend. I, I, I've been very aware of his negative qualities for a long, long time. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't say he's. If someone said he's your friend, I was like, he was never my friend. I yeah, but you gave him a lot of the benefit of the doubt. I did because I, I thought deeply, he could do this. Let me put this way: I think you were deeply disappointed in some of the things, some of the ways he has uh, acquitted himself in terms of his behavior. I don't. Yeah. It's very strange. I find it very strange and cruel. I needlessly cruel, I think is what I said. Uh and I don't I, I understand why, because of the people around him and et cetera, but he's his own man and he doesn't have to behave this way. I thought the the way to talk I know he's every administration says the previous administration sucks. He didn't need to trample all over these people, these employees. There's a way of classily removing people. I think he should have gone quiet, actually, and then surprised us. You know, the hand waving, which I think we were right, was it is really untoward and it remains that way. And it only brings him negative things like, you know, Neuralink is being looked at for the, for the animal abuse, which probably wouldn't have happened had he not made such a spectacle himself. You know, Tesla is going to suffer for it. His various and sundry foreign statements about foreign affairs are just unwelcome, I think. He can say them, but he doesn't know what he's talking about most of the time. And so I hope that, um, you know, he's just uh, uh, replatforming white supremacists seems seems like just just to stick it in people's eye. I don't understand what this does to make a better business of this thing. And I, I recently come around to saying, hey, let's just focus on the business because it's not a good business right now. He's losing advertisers. He's got to come up with a new business. The, so far, the subscription stuff. Maybe he can have a payment thing. That said, I don't think I would in any case give him any of my financial information ever. I wouldn't like it. Can you imagine attaching your bank to Twitter? For example, I know mm -hmm. my bank is attached to certain to Apple Pay. Maybe it's not. Maybe I don't even do that. But he's got to come up with a business. Is this going to be a good business or not? And then see what he can squirrel out of with the bankers. I think we'll see what happens there if he can if he can buy the debt himself and what he can do. But it's going to cost him a lot of money. It's going. This is going. This is a real. This is a real heavy lift. Well, in the in the very competitive race to the bottom that is uh, Elon Musk's behavior over the last six months, whether it's trying to fire fire people for cause with no legal basis for that, whether it's embarrassing and doxing low level employees that then get serially mm -hmm. harassed, whether it's um, you know claiming basically just lying back and forth, coming up with lies mm -hmm. and th people thinking that they're going to believe 
uh, this bullshit. The real low point, I mean, the real low point was when he tried to spread conspiracy theory about the assault on Paul Pelosi. Yep. That uh, was just, I can't forgive. It's unforgivable. That was just so, just such a, a vile thing for, for someone with this kind of power uh, uh, to do. And then, you know, putting Eon, taking him off. I, I just, I, I think he's literally, I think the analogy here, I think you're the one that first said it, is Charles Lindbergh. And the way it's going to impact him is the net favorability of Tesla. I spent my, you know, the majority of my life in brand strategy. The net favorability of the Tesla brand has literally crashed. Right. And to believe yep. that is not going to impact uh, mm -hmm. Tesla sales margins and ultimately its stock price. It, mm -hmm. This guy hasn't lost forty billion on a forty-five billion dollar transaction. He's lost three or four hundred billion yeah. on this transaction. Uh, so and I, it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be like this. Again, let me just say, totally capable of making this better. Why do you need to do the rest of this? I don't even slightly understand. I don't think there's any method to this madness at all. And the Paul Pelosi thing is. It was repulsive. It was repulsive. And then it maybe it's, it, it knocks, it, it affects me as a person, as a gay person, but so cruel. So just like, what? Like when I saw that, I was like, what? Like, and by the way, these Twitter files, read them all you want. Just do them, do them in a way that protects people's privacy. Secondly, um, you don't think like one of them was like, nobody wants this to come out. It's like, yeah, I love internal memos. I'd love to see what happened, but don't make fetch happen when it just didn't in the first one. And if you have it in the second one, great. That'd be great, but why don't you give it to lots of reporters who are who can really track down and do reporting and not just uh, do a series of ridiculous tweets um, and do actual reporting and get it right? That would be great. We and and if something bad, we're open to something bad, but don't say there's something bad if there's not something bad. Uh, just wait and let the proof speak for itself. So we'll see. But honestly, just focus on the business. I can't. I can't anymore with this guy this year. I think just make the business great. We all love Twitter. Uh, we would love these kind of things to survive. We'd love it to be better. So just make the business better and stop with the rest of it. You know, anyway, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for our own predictions. Support for Pivot comes from Hidden Layer. It seems like everywhere you look, industries are turning to generative AI. We talk about it a lot on this show. Businesses can generate more ideas, answers, connections, solutions, and momentum. But at the same time, security teams are forced to slow down that progress so they can make sure AI adoption is safe and responsible. Hidden Layer's AI detection and response platform secures generative AI and large language models from malicious attacks, leaking of confidential information, and intellectual property theft. Hidden Layer helps you generate more by enabling seamless, secure generative AI. Here's how it works. AI detection and response protects businesses from potential attacks by monitoring and analyzing the inputs and outputs of their generative AI applications, blocking harmful transactions and alerting security teams in real time, allowing organizations to accelerate their AI adoption with speed. Customers in finance, technology, healthcare, and even the U.S. Department of Defense trust Hidden Layer to protect their AI today. Plus, Hidden Layer was named Most Innovative Startup at RSA, the most significant cybersecurity conference in the nation. With Hidden Layer, go from pause to possibilities. Generate more with Hidden Layer. Visit hiddenlayer.com slash pivot to learn more about Hidden Layer's AI detection and response solution. Thank you. 
Okay, Scott, I know you come up with a whole list of predictions at the end of the year. I won't ask for them all, but what do you think the biggest story of 2023 will be? What will be the Elon Musk Twitter of next year? Will it be a switch flip on EV tech? Could Meta spin off Instagram if its stock goes any lower? Do you like that one? Or could Warner Brothers Discovery sell CNN to cover its debt? Doubtful. Uh, what do you think? Let me have some predictions. 2023, I think the Patagonia Vest recession is just getting started. I think it would be impossible not to believe that every tech company in the world isn't watching what Elon Musk has done at Twitter and said, well, let's do this. Let's hold on to 80% of our revenue, which we could do. And maybe we don't fire 70% of the people, but if he can maintain a minimal acceptable standard for the product with 70 or 80% fewer people, maybe we could do it with 20% fewer. You're going to see layoffs are just getting accelerated. The ad-supported ecosystem is just going to be chaos. With these new apex predators in the ecosystem of Netflix and Apple and Prime all calling on the same advertisers with a recessionary environment where people are looking for excuses to pull pull advertising dollars, anyone who's in the business, including us, quite frankly, of ad-supported media, yeah. oh, we're no. going to see chaos and consolidation. Yeah. We're going to see consolidation in the subscale, everyone from, from AMC networks to Lyft are going to be acquired. The 2023's tech of the year, Kara, is going to be AI. And I have something I was really, or something I think is sort of interesting. I looked at peer-reviewed research, the volume of Mm peer-reviewed research done in academic institutions, Mm -hmm. and it absolutely skyrocketed over 24 months for research on the metaverse and crypto. Um, And then it came down almost as fast as it went up. It wasn't sustainable. Whereas Mm -hmm. it was a slow build around things like uh, the web or the cloud. And what it makes sense that the slow build around academic peer-reviewed research are more sustainable technologies because in peer-reviewed research, basically what you're saying is, hey, colleagues at MIT and Carnegie Mellon and at the Haas School, Mm -hmm. this is what I think about the future of cloud. What are your thoughts? And they learn from each other and informs their research. So a slow Mm -hmm. build is a more enduring technology. And the peer-reviewed research around AI versus crypto or metaverse is mm-hmm. much more of a slow, sustained build. And I think that yeah. 2023 is going to be the year that the promise or the performance catches up to the promise, especially Did in the you, medical field. Did you use GPT chat? That's the new hot thing for the five seconds. The, well, the, you, there's the popular stuff where you get to say, yeah. all right, a Great Dane drinking Zacapa in the form of an yeah. old master, and it yeah. creates an image. You know, they had Kara Swisher and a white supremacist live together reality show. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it it ends up in being a crime procedural and someone dies and it's not me. But go ahead. I was going to say throwing a colonoscopy. Anyways, but you're going to see, especially in the medical field, I think that's where AI Mm -hmm. is really going to. But 2023 is going to be just as whatever the metaverse or crypto. 2023 is going to be the year of AI. I think we've hit peak personal genius. I think we're going to see a lot of orange jumpsuits next year. Mm -hmm. I think Sam Bakeman Freed was kind of I said this around Adam Newman and I Mm -hmm. was wrong. But I think there's going to be real pushback on this notion that individuals are more important than institutions. I think right. people are just finally hit their breaking point. Yeah. Uh, streaming consolidates. We're just going to see fewer streaming players. They're, they're mm-hmm. going to either be acquired. 
you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like Peacock isn't working. I mean, the, the little guys just – They're not they giving up on Peacock. But go, I don't they can't know. survive. By the way, I had my fourth TV show canceled yesterday. BBC oh. Tech Explorer with Scott Galloway was canceled yesterday because, because the Whoa. streaming platform the BBC is no more. I am literally the COVID-19 <laughs> of television networks, Kara. When are you going to realize you have to do a TV show with me? <laughs> You I always keep, say that. Well, I'm just watching you. I don't think it's you. you. Do, I don't think you are the missing why, ingredient. Yes, I am. Here. I'm actually the missing ingredient. But go ahead. Anyways, I'll be home soon. Yeah. Streaming consolidates mm-hmm. uh, for a TV show. I'm little. I literally kill networks. Anyways, you too. Tesla <laughs> posts record revenues, profits, and deliveries, and the stock is cut in half. Uh, this thing just makes absolutely no mm-hmm. sense. It's been cut in half. The perfect analogy for Tesla is Netflix. Had the market to themselves for ten years. There were eighteen. Uh, competitors on the market last year. Now there's 32. Mm-hmm. He is off. He is just off doing ridiculously stupid things at some right. point. And then my last prediction was uh, the U.S. reasserts its dominance and hegemony. If you look at mm. everything geopolitically, food independence, energy independence, our economy appears to be growing again and we're reducing inflation. Yeah. Our vaccines are working. The smartest people in the world want to come here. I, we're kicking the shit out of Putin in a proxy war without putting any yeah. boots on the ground. I just think the U.S. right now, if you look at it honestly, as much as we dislike each other, as much mm-hmm. as we want the situation room and to shitpost mm-hmm. America or feel mm-hmm. bad about ourselves, yeah. America has pulled away from the rest of the world on almost every important dimension. Yeah, well, we'll see. The only issue is, look, people are getting weary of funding Ukraine all the time. I think there's statistics showing that. I do think China coming online is going to raise inflation. They're, they're you know, they're, they have a that lot of- That should decrease inflation. Well, maybe. If a they lot get of, the gunk out of the supply chain, that should- that, But costs, also I they think. have energy demands. Energy prices could go up. Oh, yeah, um, I see. Stuff like that. And and they they love, they're, they're a demand economy now and lots. They're a food demander, by the way. So food prices mm-hmm. could go up. They, they're, they're an importer of food now. I agree with you. I think things are going well for the Biden administration. What did I get wrong? There, do you what do you very much agree with or very much not agree? Uh, a lot with? of them I do. I think the Tesla thing. I, I think it has a gravity that is not doesn't live on regular people's planets. I think I yeah, I I think, um, but I do see more and more people wanting other alternatives to Tesla, and that makes sense. I, the question is, is it Apple? Is Tesla Apple, or is it not? Like you know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. it? Like an Android, I suppose. I don't know what the is it Android or Apple. I guess where people want alternates um, to it because everyone still buys the Apple, right? I don't mm-hmm. think everyone's going to still buy the Tesla. I think you're correct, um, but I'm not a luxury car buyer, so I don't know. Um, and I don't think they're going to. And I think their service problems are going to become worse. And uh, and so you got to have alternatives. And I don't. I just don't think the car is attractive enough, given how many more attractive cars are coming out. And people buy mm-hmm. on romance. Uh, I think something Johnny Ive told me, I agree with him. Um, it's not a beautiful product. It's it's a beautiful, it's a well-done car, but people want some choices, colors and mm-hmm. everything else. So, yeah, I think about that. Oh, wait, I forgot. Uh, my best performing stocks. I do stock picks, even though it's a stupid thing to do. Yeah, I know. Uh, Airbnb. I'm a shareholder in Airbnb. It's been cut in half. I think it's dominant, and I think it'll It'll rock it up again. All right. Uh, uh, Chinese internet sector. I think Chinese internet stocks are going to are a great bargain right now. A basket of Chinese uh, e-commerce stocks. They're traded a fraction of what their American Mm -hmm. peers trade at. Uh, And then you're going to love this one. Best performing stock of big tech. Meta. It's been overpunished. Mm -hmm. It's trading at a PE of an old economy firm right now. And if you look at the way 
if you look at the way they account for their expenditures around the metaverse, they take them as expenses, mm-hmm. not as R&D. They don't mm-hmm. capitalize them. So the day they exit this fever dream or hallucination mm-hmm. of the metaverse, the company becomes massively right, they more do that. profitable. If they, they do can that, decide. he seems committed, but we'll see. But even so, it's it's not the it's not the nightmare that's going to keep haunting them because they're taking the expenses yeah. real time. They're being very conservative yeah, in terms the of their, they, they are they're an accounting professor's yeah, that's dream. That's the way Mark is. Doing, he does things in that regard correctly. He's a very strong manager. He's a very strong manager. Okay, those are fascinating, Scott, and so many. Um, I do think my if I this is one that I've thought about a lot and I've talked mm-hmm. about a lot. I do think Apple's going to act on the App Store dominance. I think there's a lot of pressure here. Hmm. Um, just, most recently from Elon Musk, who backed off immediately. But, you know, the stuff that's going on with Epic um, and a lot of them, I think Apple's going to act here. They're going to try to cut it off by cutting the fees or something. It just seems like there'll only be a more growing effort with Republicans in Congress to pressure on this. I think it's the right pressure to bring to Apple. And I suspect clever as they are, they'll do something first to assuage all their critics. Um, It won't be perfect, but they certainly, they may do something that's more transparent. Um, I think they know when it's time to do something, and I think it's probably time to do something. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, they they tried that last year, right, with the small business relief, where if you were doing under a million dollars, they reduced it to 15% instead of 30. Yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. I think I think what you're saying makes sense. Tim Tim is kind of thinking two steps ahead usually on this. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're under that much serious threat though, because mm-hmm. I can't imagine the first piece of regulation is going to be against Apple. Yeah, yeah, but, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I think they'll act before Congress acts. That's my mm-hmm. feeling. Uh, we'll see. Um, if it gets any pressure, they'll move. They're they're like that. They're very good at that. They're very jujitsu-y. Okay. Uh, we have actually one more prediction from a friend of Pivot, one of our best friends of Pivot. We probably should have played this earlier. Let's listen. Hey there, Pivot. It's your old pal, Steph Rule. My 2023 prediction is that Kara is finally going to end this lesbian charade and deliver Elon Musk's 11th child, at which point she, Scott, and Elon will officially become a thruple. They will then be departing Vox to distribute Pivot exclusively on OnlyFans. It's going to be a wild 2023. (laughs) All right. What can we say, Stephanie? First of all, I don't have a uterus anymore, so I cannot deliver his 11th child. Uh, But uh, I appreciate the the effort. Scott, would you like to be in a throuple? together with Elon? Uh, so there are, there are so few things I am not up for. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean, at this point, at this point, like, I'm pretty much open to anything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is, but this is one of those things. Um, yeah. 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 There is no sexual attention between any of us. You Let's, literally, that's your go-to. You <laughs> yeah, remind none. you remind our listeners every none. other week. That well, I don't want them to think we're like T.J. Holmes and Amy Kobach, whoever they are. They're hey, people. Be good for ratings. Commit what, to the show, Kara. Uh, no, no I don't, <laughs> oh my God, Stephanie. Very funny. It's not a charade, my charade. No. I'd be in a throuple with Stephanie and her husband. He's good looking. She's okay. hot. Okay. All right. Wait, we can joke about you and me and Elon, but I'm not allowed to joke about her and Andy. <laughs> All right. Okay. You do that. That'll be nice. You know, she's very good with the Halloween and other decorations. You'd have a lovely life. By the way, I've been in several threesomes. They're a lot of work. 
There are yeah. a lot. You got to take like juice breaks and nutrition breaks. There are a lot of work. Yeah. Okay. All right. TMI on that one. Yeah. I wanted a sandwich one time, whatever. Now they go to sleep and watch a movie. Anyway. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much for that suggestion. We're going to pass. Um, but I'm sure there's other cool things that are going to be happening in 2023. Again, I'd say that I'm thrilled to be with Scott Galloway still. Thank after you for all that this time. And it's still been fun Thank and you, interesting. Chair. You keep me honest. And I think I do the same for you. And no, it's actually really- keep in- me honest. <laughs> well, I, it's enjoyable. I think it's I keep enjoyable. dirty. We'll be also in Europe. We'll be doing a live pivot from London and one in Germany. And we're very excited. So we're going to hit another continent. And by the way, if you've never had a producer gather clips of your predictions for the past year and play them back to you, I highly recommend it. It's a deeply humbling experience. But you know what? We hold ourselves accountable. When we get things wrong, we say so. We get things right. We tout them endlessly because we're egomaniacs. Okay, Scott, that's the show. We'll be back on Friday with a special look back at the biggest stories of 2022. And now, Scott, I predict that you will read us out. All right, everyone. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Indertot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Mia Silverio. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to the podcast. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Thank you, Drew, Mia, Ernie, Lara, Evan, and Taylor for a great a great year and making us look making us look better than we deserve. Thanks very much. Yes indeed. Mm-hmm.